Have you ever wanted to dive deeper into the philosophies behind modern-day politics? Then don't miss the newest episode of Meet the Experts, where I talk with the creators of the Giants of Political Thought audio series. Available now wherever you get your Howie Car Show podcasts. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace. Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. Thank you so much for choosing to kick off your week with us. I hope everyone had a fun, relaxing weekend and you're ready to dive back in. Let's start with the political news over the weekend. Saturday was the South Carolina primary, and it was not a nail-biter. No one thought it was going to be a nail-biter, and we were all proven to be correct. Uh, Donald Trump managed to, I shouldn't say manage, he easily won the Palmetto State by 20 points. And Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina, which is why a lot of people were focused on this state because it never looks good. I don't think it looks good to hang in a race this long in general, but it definitely doesn't look good to lose the state that you were once the governor of. She came out and she told her supporters that she was hanging in until Super Tuesday because she is a woman of her word. And even, and you know what, we, we can play some sound from, from Trump and from Nikki Haley, but her address to me, and I don't know if you, you felt this way, Jared, it seemed a little less delusional than her previous addresses. Like a, a little bit more subdued. I didn't get as much of a Stepford wife coming out and pretending that she won something that she didn't. And th- there have been speeches that she's given in the past after... New Hampshire and Iowa, where she'll come out and she'll give this address to her supporters. And I I always make this this point of saying if an alien came down from another planet and was watching that address, the alien would probably think to itself, oh, this lady won. Good for her. Like she this is a victory speech. That's that's how disconnected from reality her previous speeches have been this one felt like a little bit like maybe there's a chance somewhere during this speech she's going to admit that she's got no shot and she's gonna back out she didn't do that but we're getting closer yeah it had a very uh i have to go through the motions of this for my donors yes feel to it honestly and speaking of her donors news came out that the Koch brothers are no longer going to be their very influential network are no longer going to be spending money on the Haley campaign. Are they going to shift it to the Biden campaign? <laughs> and she, she said she said one thing in her speech that stuck out to me, besides the fact that she was going to hang in there till Super Tuesday, which has to do with our poll question, which you can vote at at gracecurlyshow.com. But there was something else she said that really stuck out to me. Uh, this is cut seven, please. America will come apart if we make the wrong choices. This has never been about me or my political future. Really? And I, to be fair, I would say that about any politician. It's like, it's definitely about you. If you're running for president, you cannot let me, you cannot try to convince me that you're doing this because you're actually trying 
to do something beyond become you're you're trying to become president. And, and with Nikki Haley, I don't even think she's trying to do that. I think she's trying to secure some future job as the CEO or a board member of some billion dollar company. But don't come out here and try to tell me you're doing this. What out of the goodness of your heart? I just care a lot. This isn't about me. This is about you. I don't think anybody's buying that. Trump uh, gave a speech. And he, what I enjoyed about this speech was he basically told people, go home, like get rest, you know, because it was one of those things where it was all done within some of these races in some of these primaries. You can have a really late night. Like I was watching Fox the next day and one of the reporters who was on the ground in South Carolina, she said, yeah, we were, you know, up, but we weren't up as late as we, we have been in the past because it was all pretty much said and done within a couple of hours, not even. And. So Trump telling people essentially like, all right, consider this one of the nights you can go home. Early night, everyone. He was like, rest up. We got a lot of work to do. But I I do want to mention this. He did not utter Nikki Haley's name once in his speech. And I am here to give out, not that he cares, not that he's, you know, waiting for Grace Curley's seal of approval, but I give it two thumbs up. The only boosts that Nikki Haley is getting at this point are in direct connection with the knocks Trump gives her. If he does not knock Nikki Haley, she is just there. She's not doing anything. And so if you give her attention, it kind of validates that she's even a rival, and she's not at this point. And it must drive her team crazy when he gets out there and doesn't say anything about the dress she's wearing or anything about her husband. It's like, just stay on script. Say thank you and leave. You have nothing to gain from knocking Nikki Haley at this point. Yeah, maybe the base loves it. But politically, strategically, you have nothing to gain. So it was excellent. He did not mention Nikki Haley. He just walked off the stage. It was perfect. I'm sure her team was super mad about that. I'm, I'm sure they were banking on some sort of like unhinged rant from Donald Trump. And they have good reason to think maybe they get that. But it was politically such a good move to just go out, say thank you, wrap it up, and go home. Um, on to another thing, because I don't think anyone was really... We didn't talk about South Carolina all that much. It was all pretty predictable. But another big story that broke over the weekend and that I wanted to discuss coming out of the gate here and get your your calls on this, and the number is 844-500-4242. It's also going to be one of the topics we discuss with our first guest at 105 uh, from Breitbart. You guys are going to love this. Um, I'm not going to spoil who it is, but you guys are really going to enjoy this guest. It's a horrifying story out of the University of Georgia. This is from Fox. And if you haven't heard about Lake and Riley, this story is so heart-wrenching. And unfortunately, it's a story we've heard now so many times. Like, this is not the first time. I I actually was reading an article from Breitbart where they had several young females who have been murdered by illegal aliens. And the stories are similar in some ways to this one. And obviously there are different details, but Lake and Riley, and this is from Fox, an Augusta University nursing student was found dead Thursday after previously attending the University of Georgia before entering a nursing program at Augusta's Athens campus where she made the dean's list. Now, the accused in this case is Jose Antonio Ibarra, or as the AP, and we're going to focus on the AP here Not because I think they're going to be the only ones who do a terrible job framing this story and reporting on this story, but they're the first ones. And it's emblematic of the entire media and why you should hate the media, as if you need a reminder. 
So the AP calls Jose Antonio Ibarra an Athens man. Now, not only is he in the U.S. illegally, he also has a criminal history. And this is always like the one-two punch we get. It's not just that the person who's committing or who's accused of committing these heinous crimes is here illegally and managed to get through unvetted. But then you find out that they've committed crimes sometimes once, sometimes twice, sometimes three times. Sometimes they have a rap sheet as long as your arm. And it's disturbing and it's infuriating. So the AP, we'll start with the AP. They come out with an article about Lake and Riley. And here's what they think the problem is at the AP. They hear this story about an illegal alien accused of murdering this young woman who's on a jog. And they think that this story highlights the fear of solo female athletes. So rather than address the fact that this person, that this was preventable, because this person should have never been in this country to begin with, the AP wants to talk about jogging, essentially. They want to blame this on jogging. Social media users, this is from the Daily Caller, quickly calling out the news agency's lack of forthrightness around Ibarra's status because they decided to call him an Athens resident. Now, this is nothing new. You've heard this before. Um, it happens all the time in Massachusetts. How we read stories where we'll say uh, uh, a Framingham man. Whenever you see that, you should, you know, a red flag should be raised. But considering how much national news the story was getting, it's even for the AP pretty humiliating to try to pull that over on your readers you really have a you really have a, a bad idea of people's ability to look up news if that's what you think you're going to get away with the victim of open borders so this is from breitbart lake and riley becomes the latest american woman allegedly killed by illegal alien on february 22nd riley went for a morning jog along the university of georgia's campus in athens where she had transferred from in 2023 when she did not return, her roommate called the police, who started a search for Riley. Riley graduated from the University of Georgia and had started nursing school at Augusta University's Athens campus. Athens campus. Riley had been an avid runner since her time in high school when she ran cross-country. Only hours after Riley left for her morning run, her body was found in a wooded area. Police said Riley's body showed visible injuries. The following day, police arrested 26-year-old Jose Antonio Ibarra, an illegal alien from Venezuela. Ibarra first crossed the U.S.-Mexico border in September 2022. As part of President Joe Biden's expansive catch-and-release network where millions have been released, Ibarra was freed into the U.S. interior with Department of Homeland Security officials citing a lack of detention space to keep him locked up. According to DHS sources, Ibarra should have been deported from the U.S. in September 2023 when he was arrested in Queens, New York, for injuring a child under the age of 17. Instead, thanks to the city's sanctuary policy, Ibarra was released from jail rather than being turned over to ICE. And he's now being charged with Riley's kidnapping and murder. And this is the humane immigration policy of Joe Biden. I I don't want to hear any more from these bleeding heart liberals about how kind and morally superior they are. This is what your humane, decent 
grandfathery president has done. His policies, his lack of policies, his dereliction of duty has led to the heinous murder of Lake and Riley. It's so sad. And um, we'll talk more about this. 844-500-4242. And along those same lines, since we're talking about Venezuela, where that, that's where Jose Antonio Ibarra is from, Van, Venezuela is refusing to accept deportations from the U.S. and Mexico. I saw that this morning. I'm like, how does that work? They're just like, no, we're not taking anybody back. Thanks, though. Wait, you can refuse to let people into your country? When did this happen? <laughs> Why did nobody tell me this? If only we had known this sooner. Um, we'll talk more about this when we come back, and we'll take your calls, 844-500-4242. And obviously, there's a record number of migrant encounters at the border. I'm looking at Fox right now, but that's just a standing headline. I don't think that surprises anyone. And also along these lines, this is kind of the, the big topic of the day, Biden and Trump both going, both having dueling border visits on Thursday. I don't think Biden's going towards the border in near San Diego because that's where it's really, really uh, crowded right now. Visually, it would not optically it would look horrible for Joe Biden to stand in front of that border. So he's probably going to go to an area where they've cleaned it up and no one's around and he'll do like a quick little walk as far as he can. And then he'll get back in his you know, SUV and, and drive out of sight. So you have that to look forward to. He should show his... Uh vigor and prowess by hopping over a fence or climbing a border wall or or you know going through the uh the rivers that they have to pass through did you I, s- I think that that would be an effective visual did you see he tried to do a little jog this weekend he was getting yeah. off the chopper across that's a long walk from the chopper into the white house he has to walk across that lawn and he tried for a minute to do a little like he gave himself a little hop and then he thought better of it and just said i'm gonna walk this one slow not good. Not good. We'll, we'll be back. We'll talk more about it. Recently, a Grace Curley show listener, Candace, called into the show. Candace was telling us, which is what we hear from so many people, that she got the thunderstorm. She wasn't sure. Her husband wasn't sure about it. And then when they needed it, it really came in handy. And they were both pretty much blown away by how effective the thunderstorm is. And what's great about the thunderstorm is even if you think, well, you know, I didn't have my furnace serviced or, you know, I don't have a musty basement. There's going to be a reason where you can pull out the thunderstorm and put it to work. Whether you're someone who cooks and your kitchen gets kind of weird smells or whether, you know, sometimes in the winter you just have your windows closed and the air gets really stale. You want to keep that air moving. You want to keep that air purified. And one of the great parts about the thunderstorm is it isn't one of those flowery plugins. There's a lot of plugins out there on the market right now. They're going to try to cover up weird smells with more weird smells. And that creates a concoction of bad odor. That's not what you want. You want the thunderstorm. You plug it into the wall. It doesn't take up any floor space. It gets to work really quickly, amazingly quickly, and you're going to love it. And right now you can get the three pack. It's perfect for your basement, your office, your car, wherever you think you might need it. So go to EdenPureDeals.com to get the three-pack. I want you to put in code GRACE3. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use code GRACE and the number three. We're going to be talking about this story with Lake and Riley when we come back. We're also going to be talking about the media's coverage of it, the framing of this story that uh, female solo athletes need to be worried but the rest of america when we have all of these illegal aliens committing crimes there's nothing to see there we can just whistle on past the graveyard we'll be right back don't go anywhere you're listening to the grace curly show
This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone. The number is 844-500-4242. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Let's do the poll question right now, and it's brought to you by Perfect Smiles. Don't be fooled by imposters with similar names. If you're unhappy with your smile, you need to visit Dr. Bruce Houghton in Nashua. Call 1-844-A-PERFECT-SMILE or visit perfectsmiles.com. Jared, what is the poll question, and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurleyshow.com, is will Nikki Haley stay in until Super Tuesday? Yes, the checks are bottomless, or no, the money will dry up. The money is already drying up, um, and she's got kind of a ways to go until then, so I'm going to say no. I'm going to say, and you know, I was watching over the weekend, Pete Hegseth made the point, and it's not the first time I've heard this, that at at a certain point, you are the returns are almost negative. It's like, okay, so yeah, you're in it. And you might say, well, I'm in it. Like, why not just stay in it? Well, no, because now people are starting to feel aggravated with you. People are starting to feel like you're the reason we can't move on from this or, you know, unify the party. And so they're looking at you with animosity as opposed to just feeling like, eh, whatever, who cares if you're there? And I will note this, and this is just anecdotal. So, you know, you can't take it to the bank or anything. But over the last like two weeks, I've had a few different people say to me that her they find her voice to be kind of grating and annoying. And I'm not saying that because I'm sexist or I'm trying to be anti-Nikki Haley. I'm saying that because she's wearing on people in a way that I hadn't noticed before. Like people are making a point of mentioning it. And I think it would I think it would be good advice for someone to tell her to wrap it up. Yeah, she's like the the juror in the jury pool that wants to have like one more day (laughs) in the hotel. And everybody's like, look, I haven't seen my kids in two weeks. I want to go home. Just give it up. The guy did it. She's like that breakfast bar at the hotel. though. I mean, it's just the beds are comfy. You know, have you noticed that you're the people are starting to go like, oh, God, I never realized how annoying she was. And I, I, I don't think she's I don't think she's more annoying than most politicians. But I think that the fact that she's hanging in there is adding to people's aggravation with her. Yeah. And I think the the delusional speeches of, hey, you know, it's a two person race, but you're third. I think that really just kind of adds to the annoyance that yes. people have. Yes. It's like that's already annoying. But on top of that, the way she's talking. Yeah, I can understand that. Thirty three percent think the money will dry up and she will be out. Before Super Tuesday, 67% think she will hang in there until Super Tuesday. I think it happens. And maybe until 2028. Who knows? (laughs) I think it happens really fast, though. Like Once one person, like the Cokes, say, we're we're done with this, I think people, you might be surprised how quickly everything falls apart. It just takes one. It's like a Jenga thing. You know, you pull out one little piece of the funding and all of a sudden everything gets really shaky. And also, I think a big part of why she's staying in is she's hoping that these legal battles will be able to politically take out Trump. And based off the the recent information we talked about with this Fannie Willis case, which the Fulton County case is supposed to be the strongest the Democrats have, this cell phone data, even though Fannie Willis, by the way, is now saying that it's irrelevant to the case, that it shouldn't be shouldn't be admissible and they're not sure how lies are irrelevant to this court how they got this cell phone data this whole thing has thrown such a wrench in the in the get trump plan not that it was not that it was really a well thought out plan to begin with but i don't see this this case being 
wrapped up or even really in motion until after the election. So Nikki Haley, if that's what she's banking on, a lot of these cases are falling apart, too, not just her fundraising. We'll be right back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. I got to read it. (laughs) All right. So just a quick recap before we get into this text, which is a real beauty. I had mentioned I didn't say that I thought Nikki Haley's voice was annoying. I did mention that I heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend that some people were starting to find her a little bit frustrating and they thought her voice was a little grating. And you know what? Maybe I earned this one. 617, I'm going to read this so you can feel like you got it off your chest. He said, now you know how I feel or how most people feel about your voice, along with your letter P popping. That's when I say, like, uh, Trump wants to be president of the United States. Called a plosive in the public speaking business. You're on every day, says 617. (laughs) Twice a day, because even though you want to tell your audience that you're leaving for the day to pass the baton to Howie, a half hour later, you're back on with Howie. And I have to listen to it all over again. Yeah. Well, that's your cross to bear, 617. It's not my problem. It's not my problem. 844 This was 42. also the repent texter. You know, sometimes I do hear the P, depending on what I'm talking about, and it even for me it blows my eardrums out I'm like oh my god get get a hold of that you know I was thinking about this the other day and then we're gonna move on but my sister does this voice sometimes when she's when she's imitating me and she's I'm Grace Curley and this is the Grace Curley show she does really like it sounds like Mickey Mouse or something and but there's truth to it that's why it's funny because there's truth to it and then I realized you have to do that on the air because if you don't if you try to just soften your mouth and talk talk like I would normally in the green room, you'll stumble over everything. And I don't want to be Joe Biden stumbling over every single pronunciation. I'm going to stumble over a few, but I'm going to try to get some. Speaking of Joe, did you see this weekend? He was really, he wanted to tell his story about being a train guy, but the train guy story kind of melted into other stories. Very strange stuff. We will get to it all in due time. But first, let's go to the callers here. Jordy, you're up first. Go ahead, Jordy. Are you there, Jordy? All right, we lost Jordy. That's okay. Let's go to Mr. Garcia. What's going on, Mr. Garcia? Hey, Grace. Uh, I want to ask you a question. Uh, I want you to be honest with me. Um, if Joe, uh, if Donald Trump wanted to destroy the deep state, if he had three candidates, uh, Joe Biden or Kennedy or uh, Nick, Nikki Haley, you, who are you going to vote if you had the three candidates, who are you going to vote? Well, what do you mean, Mr. Garcia? If Trump had the three candidates, what does that mean? Well, if he had the three candidates, is Donald Trump going to be removed? Oh, I got it. So if the, I had to choose between Kennedy, Haley, and Biden? Uh-huh. Yes. I would Oh, that's so, oh, Mr. Garcia. I don't like this. I don't like my options. Is none of the above well, an option? Oh, you can stay home. Yeah, I could stay home. No, I would never stay home. I would probably go, ooh, I'm between, obviously, and never Joe Biden. Um, I guess I'd go Haley over Kennedy, just because I don't think Kennedy really has a chance. 
Um, so if my if my options were, you know, Haley and Biden, I would vote for Nikki Haley. I, I think we have to get Joe Biden out of there. It is imperative at this point that Joe Biden is not the president of the United States. Now, just as a, a heads up for everyone, Joe Biden is and thank you for the call, Mr. Garcia. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the call. Not so much for the question. Not very appreciative of the question. Joe Biden is traveling to the border on Thursday for a border visit. And this is kind of on the heels. He's also saying he's going to take some executive orders to get the disaster on our southern border in check. I don't know what's taken this long because we've heard from a long time from this administration. There was nothing they could do. They needed more money. They needed more. Well, give me power. Give me money. And now all of a sudden. You know, a week before his State of the Union address, they're coming up with some other ideas. They're coming up with some other prongs to their six prong strategy on how to tackle the border. So that's good. I don't know what's lit a fire under his behind, but I'm happy about it. Jordy's back. What's going on, Jordy? Hi, Grace. How you doing today? Good. What's going on? Hey, I went to CPAC last week. Boy, it was fantastic. My favorite part was I went and heard uh, Matt Boyle, Jack Basobiak, and Steve Bannon talk about throwing out democracy and putting a theocracy in place. It's so reassuring to know that President Trump will only have the most stable, reliable lunatics around him should he get back into office. Yeah, you know what else is so reassuring? It's so reassuring, Jordy, just based off the tone of your voice and the sarcasm, that I'm sure we're getting a really accurate description of the conversation that happened at CPAC. There's no reason for me to doubt that what you're telling me is right on the money. So I appreciate the call. Call back and give us more updates. Because And also, Jordy, I'm sure you actually went to CPAC. I'm sure that's there's there's no factual errors there. 844-500-4242. Everyone's so afraid that Trump is going to become president and he's going to install some sort of dictatorship. Like he's going to be Kim Jong-un. I Again, what I would ask Jordy is, why not the first time around? Why didn't he do that the first time? Or was he waiting? Is he that much of an evil genius that he was waiting to figure out, okay, I'm going to wait. I'm going to, okay, and then I won't be president. And when I come back, when I come back, I'll save all my truly evil plans for the second time around. You know, I really want to set up these concentration camps at the border. But first, these White House walls need a thorough hamburgering. And by the way, you know what I should have asked Jordy is, do you feel better having... This, this in the White House. Can I get cut one? I think he actually does. Oh, yeah. He's probably one of those guys who's like, it's so nice having decency and normalcy restored. This is cut one. This is Joe Biden over the weekend. And, you know, uh, stand here in front of this portrait, the man behind me here. He uh, he said, and I want to make sure I get the quote exactly right. He said, the better angel, he said, we must address the council and address the better angels of our nature. And we do and we do well to remember what else he said. He said, we're not enemies, but we're friends. It's the middle of the in the part of the Civil War. He said, we're not enemies, but we're friends. We must not be enemies. I hate to think what happens when he doesn't try to get the quote exactly right. I and mean, I'm pretty sure he, he nailed that. Can I also have this is the, the, the cut I'm really seeing a lot of. 
Can I get cut three? He's he's talking about. Is this the cut about how many miles he's traveled? Oh yeah. Okay. This is cut three. I uh, I've spent a lot of time with Xi Jinping, someone whom I have a great deal of difference with. And I was uh, when I was vice president, president uh, my 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 president was told me that he wanted me to get to know Xi Jinping because it was clear he was going to be the head of Russia of, of China. And he, we, had, we were having problems with Russia at the time and other countries as well. And uh, so what he said was, get to know him. He's going to be there. I, and he couldn't because he was the president. He couldn't travel. So I traveled 17,000 miles with him throughout the country, our country, and, and in, uh, in China as well. We were in the Tibetan Plateau, and he turned to me and he said, can you define America for me? And I give, this has been documented as real. I looked at him, I said, yes, I can, in one word. He looked at me, and he said, what's that? And I said, possibilities, possibilities. Oh, wow, put that on a poster. I want to hang that in my kitchen. Documented. Whenever someone's telling me this is real, it's like saying honestly before you say something. Like, why, do you ha- why do you have to preface it with that? This is real, this is real. You know what he's doing? He's like tempting these people who give him Pinocchios. He's so ticked off that people ever question. Like, even his most absurd stories... They tried to give him a pass for a very long time, and then eventually even people at the Washington Post had to say, dude, this story is a lie, and it's a big lie. And rather than give it up, he's so spoiled, and he's so indignant that he's like, no, this is real, and I'm going to make it real by repeating this story over and over again. And you know who I would love to defend him right now is Claire McCaskill. Stop fact-checking Joe Biden. Please, tell me how... how Trump confusing, in air quotes, Nikki Haley and Nancy Pelosi is the end of Donald Trump's cognitive. Yet Joe Biden talks about traveling 17,000 miles with Xi Jinping, the president of Russia. Can I get get a fact check? And it's a a real story. Speaking of real stories, uh, something else I wanted to talk about. We're going to talk about Biden. We're going to talk about all these things. But there's an incredible story in The Atlantic. And... I don't think I'm going to have the time today, but I really want to encourage people to read it. I put it in my recommended reading today, and it's pretty long. It's pretty lengthy, but it's by this guy, Adam Rubenstein. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because Adam Rubenstein was part of the team of editors and writers at The New York Times who decided to publish an op-ed from Senator Tom Cotton. Do you remember this? This was after the George Floyd. Yes, it was his heritage, right? Tom Cotton's lineage. Is that the one? No. So this was after the oh, George I'm sorry, I'm Floyd. Thinking, I'm thinking of Tim Scott. Never mind. The peaceful protests that occurred in 2020. Um, Tom Cotton, and actually, you know, I can I can explain a little bit of it before I read you the really funny part. But this the story is it all started when Tom Cotton had tweeted something out. Okay, and he was talking about the protesters and. Really, what he was talking about were the rioters, the people who were setting police cars on fire, the, pl- the people who were destroying property during those riots. And so on June 1st, just reading a little bit here from Rubenstein, Tom Cotton said that the president, he went on Twitter and he said that the president should invoke the Insurrection Act to deploy, um, basically to do whatever it takes to restore order, no quarter for insurrectionists, anarchists, rioters and looters. He gets a lot of pushback on Twitter for saying no quarter. 
And his defense of that was that it means that you are not treated kindly by someone in power who has control. And he actually linked the definition in the dictionary. But not everyone was convinced that that's what he meant. And so the next day, now I'm reading directly from Rubenstein, says the next day Cotton's office pitched me an op-ed about Twitter threatening to lock Cotton's account if he didn't delete the original tweet. So this guy Rubenstein thinks, oh, that could be a good op-ed for the New York Times. Talking about, you know, how far can Twitter go? Should it really lock your account? And the other editors are like, no, 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 let's have him write a piece defending the idea of the Insurrection Act deploying that on these rioters. And so Rubenstein says, okay, great. So now I'm now I'm riffing, obviously. This isn't exactly right from his piece. So he thinks, okay, I'll, I'll bring that to Cotton's people. Cotton's people say, yes, they go back and forth editing, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Eventually, they publish this piece by Tom Cotton. All hell breaks loose in the New York Times. All hell breaks loose. They are, the, the staffers there feel they are in danger. They're upset. They can't believe this was published. What does this mean? Someone, and this comes at the very end of the article, reaches out to this guy Rubenstein's girlfriend, okay? Contacts his girlfriend of seven years, a friend of his. This isn't one of his colleagues, but a friend of his, and asks her whether she would take a stand against Adam's role in promoting fascism. This is because this this young guy was doing his job in trying to bring other voices to the New York Times. The New York Times, the leadership there, totally folds, totally folds, caves, and basically allows this guy to get eaten by the wolves. Like, see you later. We're so sorry that we had the audacity to publish something that upset the writers here, that upset the people who live on the Slack channels of the New York Times. Everyone melts down. Because there was a different point of view. And these are the defenders of democracy. These are the people that are supposed to be, what do they say, holding up a mirror to us and like showing us the corruption of our government, showing us, reporting the facts, telling us the real story. And they get an op-ed from a U.S. senator that they disagree with. And they all start stabbing each other in the back like they all start one of the ladies on the slack channel who was writing like oh, i can't believe this i can't believe this she was part of the team that had edited the piece and she was basically just like pretending she had nothing to do with it so she could look cool in front of her colleagues and the real reason this caught my eye to begin with is because this is being clipped out on twitter and posted this is how the story starts on one of my first days at the New York Times, I went to an orientation with more than a dozen other new hires. We had to do an icebreaker. You pick a Starburst out of a jar, and then you answer a question. My Starburst was pink, I believe, and I had to answer the pink prompt, which had me respond with my favorite sandwich. Russ and daughter Super Heebster came to mind, but I figured mentioning a $19 sandwich wasn't a great way to win new friends. So I blurted out, the spicy chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A and considered the ice broken. The HR representative, this is at the New York Times, okay? The old gray lady. The HR representative leading the orientation chided me. We don't do that here. They hate gay people. People started snapping their fingers in acclamation. I hadn't been thinking about the fact that Chick-fil-A was transgressive in liberal circles for its chairman's opposition to gay marriage. And this is his quote, Jared, to end it. Not the politics, the chicken, I quickly said. But it was too late. 
I sat down, ashamed. That should have been Rubenstein's first hint. Like, this isn't the place for me. But he waited. I think he was there for about five years when this all went down. It's just, it's just chickens. God forbid anybody here. Talk about safe spaces. Anybody hear anything they don't like, they completely freak out. We'll be right back. We'll take your calls. I want to talk a lot about this latest, the Russia hoax 2.0. What's going on in California? And I'm going to tell you a little bit about our guest coming up in the 1 o'clock. Don't go anywhere. This is The Grace Curley Show. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curley. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. In the next hour, we're going to talk to Bob Price from Breitbart about illegal immigration. And I I specifically want to talk about Lake and Riley, this young female who was allegedly murdered uh or she was murdered we just uh, we have to say allegedly with the accused here which is an illegal alien from venezuela and i also am going to discuss trump's visit to the border and joe biden's visit to the border which they're both happening on thursday you know last time biden visited the border and jared i it was years ago he went, and what they did was they cleaned up, they, they cleared people out. They, essentially, remember what uh, Gavin Newsom did when Xi Jinping came to town in San Francisco, and he actually, for, for a tiny, tiny, for a moment in time, Gavin Newsom cared about the streets in California. He rolled out the red carpet for Xi Jinping. Well, that's what they did last time Biden found himself near the border. So I'm not sure if they're going to do it this time, but... I can assure you it's going to be quick. He's going to be in and out. There's not going to be questions. Um, And so this is kind of like a dueling border visit between Trump and Biden. And the other part of this that I really want to discuss with Bob Price is the fentanyl issue and also Venezuela deciding that, no, they're not going to take people back if we if we deport Venezuelans who are here illegally, they've just decided, Maduro's just decided, "Mm, I'm good. They want a better life, Venezuela. What's going on? It says, Venezuela refusing to accept deportations from U.S. and Mexico. And so Bob Price will definitely have an opinion on that. We have all of this coming up. And a little bit later, I just mentioned Gavin Newsom. We have a lot of news about California. None of it good news but important nonetheless. So don't go anywhere. Big show planned. It's 844-500-4242. Bob Price from Breitbart joins us in the next segment. We'll be right back.